0: What they want to know is can you personally do the job they want to hire you for, whether it's within the context of a company that you're working for or you're running or owning or as an independent professional, which you should have a company anyway, even if it's a small company, right? They want to know can you do the job. And it used to be enough to have like a Harvard degree or have Google on your resume or whatever. That world is, it was disappearing already and is now rapidly, rapidly disappearing, if not already gone. And now you gotta show proof. And if you have a book, it is not the only way to show proof, but it's one of the very best ways to have proof of work.
1: Welcome to Elevate, a podcast about achievement, personal growth, and pushing limits in leadership and life. I'm Robert Glazer, and I chat with world-class performers who have committed to elevating their own life, pushing the limits of their capacity, and helping others to do the same. Welcome to the Elevate Podcast. Our quote for today is from Flannery O'Connor, I write to discover what I know. Our guest today, Tucker Max, not only is one of the most successful writers of his generation, but he helps other publishers as well. He's a four-time New York Times bestselling author and the fourth writer to have three books on the New York Times nonfiction bestseller list at the same time. He's also the co-founder of Scribe Media, a company that helps other authors write, publish, and market their books. Tucker was also one of our very first guests on the Elevate podcast, and you can find that interview in episode seven. So, Tucker, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, brother. All right. So last time you joined, you had just helped Tiffany Haddish uh, publish her book and talked about stepping down from being the CEO of your company. Uh, what, what have God, you been up to? That was a long time ago, man. That was all pre-COVID. <laughs> so the last two months feel like five years. But. I mean,
0: that was pre. That was that was. man, that was pre a lifetime ago,
1: dude. So how has it been going since then, and since you fired yourself? It's been going
0: great, man. I mean, we, we did David Goggins' book right after that, which has ended up being huge. Right, it's yeah. like one of the biggest books in the last five years that anyone's done. Uh, we did that one, and then we've got a, uh, we did the Nobel Prize Committee's book, which just came out, uh, and then Nassim Taleb's books are coming out. We're, we're doing a bunch of big people now. The company's been going great. We're fifty full time, no layoffs during COVID, which is painful overhead, but it, <laughs> like we can't do it right.
1: Yeah,
0: and then um. Uh, we got about 170 freelance, and we're doing really well. And then, dude, coronavirus for us—I don't know about you, but it's been a- absolutely. At the very beginning, was a disaster, and then ended up creating all this amazing stuff that's going to be great for us.
1: Yeah, I, I think that it's forced a lot of people to reevaluate people, systems, processes. For us, like, what's essential? Like, oh, we didn't go to that conference, and it didn't matter. Yeah. So I, I do think it has forced a lot of innovation i don't think anyone's out of out of the woods yet but there it doesn't feel as much like the falling knife that it did a, a month ago yeah
0: no no definitely like uh, there, i mean there was a three-week period where i don't think we sold anything like yeah. not one thing and granted like what we're selling is sort of a higher-end luxury good like no one needs to write a book <laughs> right it's it's yeah. a bonus it's the sort of thing you do to to optimize or accelerate not to put food on the table and uh so we were, it was rough for a while, but it's what it caused us to do, man. Is the same as everyone else. Really rethink. Okay, what are we doing? Why are we doing it? How does it matter? How, like, how can we, uh, you know, like
1: serve in different ways? And we unlo- ended up unlocking all kinds of opportunities for us. Yeah, and, and you and I were chatting a few weeks ago. So th- this is this episode is specifically for procrastinators because most of the people we talk to say they have a book they want to write. This is a pretty good time. Uh, locked up at home, some people don't have enough to do. Some people are, you know, laid off, and and you know, we were talking about like, you know, how how do we help people like get over the hump here? Because I think the frust- most frustrating thing I always hear people say, "I want to write a book," I want, and they've been saying it for five years, and they're like, "Just write the book," uh, but it, it's not that easy. So, can you start at the top for people who have no experience with the process in terms of like? Depending on what kind of book they write, you know how, how do they go about this? I know there's also some confusion with people around how I know. Depending on if you self publish or regular publish, but how a fiction book is treated versus a nonfiction versus memoir, how you even go about that?
0: Right. So the first thing you got to do is really think: what kind of book do I want to write? So a novel. If you want to write a novel, cool. Then you're on the wrong podcast. Like this is a business <laughs> podcast. Leave us alone. <laughs> like there's all kinds of people who are really good at teaching novel stuff. I would recommend, uh, the fiction formula by uh, Sean Platt It's really good. Yeah. I think, you know, Sean, he's an MMT. It's, it's a great book start there.
1: But if you want to write the novel, you actually have to write the book, right? You have to write all the books if you want to write them. Yeah. <laughs> there's no,
0: there's no book that you ha- that you can not write uh, and write it. You're talking about public who you publish with.
1: Yeah. I mean, you got to yeah. if you're going to publish, you got, you got to write it before you go to an agent so they can see what you're writing.
0: Yeah, but you shouldn't be going to an agent if you're doing fiction.
1: Well, I knew we were going to get there, but...
0: Well, no, seriously, no one writing fiction should be going to an agent at all, unless you are already a a novelist and you've already sold a lot of copies and you just want to keep going with your publisher. There is no reason. I guess if you're writing literary fiction that no one cares about or will ever read or buy, but it, uh, New York uh, editing thinks is fancy, then you should go with a publisher. But seriously, for fiction, there's no reason to go with an agent or a publisher. You're completely wasting your, your time and money. And you can, I mean, th- this is like one of those kind of settled debates in at least in, in the fiction world. If you are a decent novelist and you are selling a decent number of copies, the last thing you want to do is go with a publisher. So, what would you do
1: in that case? I know we're not going to focus on that, but if you're you right, you would
0: self publish. Okay. You would absolutely self publish. You would, you, would, uh, you know, like uh, you'd manage the process as cheap as you can. There aren't really any companies that do the publishing process for novelists because either the novelists are too poor to hire a good company or they're doing really well and they just go hire the best freelancers on their own. So there's no company that handles it. So like what scribe is for entrepreneurs and business people and, and professionals, there's no equivalent in fiction. Okay. It doesn't exist. Yeah. Because of that, because of that split. But like if you're going to write a novel, it's basically like you got to tell yourself, okay, this is a vanity project. And I'm just going to do it for fun, uh, not even vanity. It's just a fun project. I'm going to do it and try it, and let's see if it's any good. And if you know, like, if you think it's good, and you want to publish it, cool. Spend about two or three grand. You can get it self published. You know, you get a nice cover, a nice layout. Put it on Amazon. It's really simple. And if it does something cool, awesome. Then it's a bonus. Maybe it becomes something. But other than that, don't unless you unless you decide I'm going to be a novelist. I like that is going to be my job then it's not really that different of a track. You just spend more time at it. You take it more seriously. And then you you have a, like a five or 10, really a 10-year strategy to get out of whatever your job is and replace that with uh, novel income. And sometimes it can go quicker in 10 years. There's plenty of people who can do it in three, four, five years, but you have to have a strategy for it.
1: So the people that would have agents and publishers, are they are professional novelists? Is that and well-known? Is that... Basically, yeah. I am almost all, especially if you're doing genre fiction,
0: then you, none of those people, because it, the only reason anyone goes to a traditional publisher is for ego. There's no other reason except for a few exceptions. Like if you are a big celebrity and they're going to give you a huge advance and you'd never make that much money on your own if you were selling it yourself or you know something like that. But for any, and this applies for fiction and nonfiction, there's virtually no one where going traditional publishing makes more sense than owning the book yourself. There are a few exceptions, very rare. It's basically if you can get a big advance from them and uh, you want the money or you don't think you're going to make it that much if you do it yourself, or if you're a big celebrity and you just want the check and you don't have to deal with anything, like that's it because they're just – they're not giving you big checks for you. They're doing it for them. So the the reason they're doing it is because they expect you to sell more copies, right? And so way more than what they're paying you. So for most people, especially a novelist, like the difference between you can make a living as a self-published novelist if you have, you know, five novels that are selling, each selling a thousand copies a month, not hard, super hard to do. You can make a decent living there. I mean, that's 50 to 100 grand a year, right? Whereas if you take those five to traditional, if you can get them published, you're making maybe 20 grand a year, maybe, yeah. probably less. So, I mean, like the math is obvious. Like all midlist novelists now are self-published because it's, it, traditional doesn't add any value,
1: they just take. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? Two years ago, I bought a dual suspension mountain bike for the first time and it pushed me to ride trails that I had never been willing to try before. to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, so what does the person we're here to talk about do? The business person who wants to write a book.
0: So if you're a business person, you want to write a book. Well, so once you get into nonfiction, there's there's another split. Do I want to write a memoir or do I want to write, like let's just call it conventional nonfiction. So business, personal development, self-help, any sort of knowledge here. Yeah. And so um, again, if you're writing a memoir, you're not going, really neither of them are going traditional hardly, but we can talk about that. That's not that big of a decision. Unless you're
1: Robert Iger.
0: Right, he's a celebrity. He's yeah. a celebrity, right? Yeah. So like if you're a celebrity, traditional still makes sense because they're going to front you a lot of money. You know, a traditional publisher will will actively promote five books a year. And if you're Bob Iger, you're going to be one of those five, yeah. right? So, so then the question becomes, am I writing a memoir or am I writing a knowledge share book? And if you want to write a memoir, Cool. You're not going to no traditional unless you're famous. No traditional cares. If you're going to write a knowledge share book, still, again, you're probably almost certainly 99.99999% of you are going to self-publish, which is actually the better option, right? So the the question, the way you answer this is you ask yourself, what you want. What do I want from my book? Why am I writing this, right? Like, why why am I writing it? What do I want to get? And you really like got to actually really dive in. Don't just, a lot of people are like, oh, I just want to help people. Okay, cool. Whenever someone says, nothing against that, but whenever someone says that, my first question is always, okay, cool. So you write the book and then I'm going to take it and put anonymous as the author and take all the money. You're cool with that, right? Because you just want to help people. And they're like, well, no, hold on a minute. It's like, okay. <laughs> all right. Like, it's okay to be selfish. It's okay to want something for
1: yourself got to understand your motive, right? I mean, that's... Right, because once
0: you know your motive, then you can write the correct book for your motive. And most people do not. We see this all the time at Scribe. We've done 1,600 books in five years. And we get people coming in all the time who swear all they want to do is write a business book, but then we we start down the path and they just want to talk about themselves. And it's like, okay, cool, then let's write a memoir, right? Like, tell your story. I believe everyone has a story. And I believe everyone should tell it in a memoir. I think it's incredibly important. I think it's therapeutic. I think it's cathartic. I think it can help you and your family. I think it's fantastic. The only problem with a memoir is when you're lying to yourself and pretending it's about other people, right? (laughs) No, I'm dead serious. It's a great thing to write a memoir. Just don't pretend it's not a memoir, right? It is. Now, I believe everyone can write a memoir. Not everyone can write a a nonfiction book, like a knowledge share book. Because not everyone has something to share, like specific knowledge to teach people, right? But if you do, and like people like you or me, like, like you know, Bob, you've written, what, two now? Or is right. your third? The third, yeah. third's not out. Is the third out? Uh, in the fall. Okay, right. Okay, so you've written three and then two are out. So uh, if you have a lot of stuff to share, then the question becomes, okay, what do I want to get from this book? Right? And then the common things are... Like I want to raise my authority and credibility in my field, right? Which is get attention and raise yeah. my reputation, which is great. Like I don't say that disparagingly. That's a fantastic thing. Uh, I want to generate incoming business, right? So whether it's, you know, once you're a bigger name, people know you more than uh, the type of people you can help, they're going to come to you and do business with you. Uh, you know, uh, getting visibility for media. Like if you have a book, getting media is, as you well know, get it 10 times easier yeah. Becoming a speaker, way easier to speak and get paid for speaking, even uh, virtually. It, uh, recruiting uh, people for your company, creating opportunities, leaving a legacy, which is really applicable to both. Uh, and then helping people, impacting people is a totally valid uh, valid goal. But you've just got to be very clear about what exactly your goals are because it that greatly determines what kind of book you write.
1: Right, and I think there's... There's different points of the business, right? And and I remember the advice that you first gave me after you hung up on me twice, I think when we first started working, you got tired of me challenging your assumptions, which which were right. But there's people, and I think this is what you're saying, and more skews to the memoir. There's people who've sort of done it, right? Who are maybe exiting their business and want to write something and they think it's a tell, but it's more of their story. But then there's people who want it to be a core platform book. And, and I think you said something like, you know, you'll make $10,000 on this book if you're lucky, but you might make millions of dollars on your business. And that's the key differentiating point that I don't think a lot of people understand that if you're measuring it by books sold, that may not even be important to you. It's not.
0: It's the wrong measure. Yeah. So like, it, like the way you started the podcast is the perfect explanation because even you who understands this now after working with us for three, four years now, you still don't really get it, I think. Because you kept talking about, oh, traditional and you got to decide. No, traditional the traditional versus self-publishing is not actually the decision. First off, because probably if there's 100,000 people listening to your podcast, maybe 20 of them can even get a traditional deal. They're, they aren't even on the table to get one. And then of those 20, probably two-thirds shouldn't take it if they get it. Right. So it's a tiny portion of people who should even or even possible and then should do it. The vast majority of people, it's not even on the table. Right. So just don't even think about it because it's not what's going to happen. It's it's it used to be a big ego
1: thing. It's becoming less and less and less. So as people realize, oh, it doesn't matter. Well, now now people are focused on their platform, too. Right. Exactly. That's the whole point. They make money on courses and other things that aren't. You know, you know, when this got illuminated to me, a couple of people said to me, suggested airport distribution. And I said, oh, did you sell a lot of books from that? And and one of them said, no, but I got like the most speaking I've ever gotten from it because people who book speakers are in airport books. So it's, they even looked at that from a totally different as standpoint. marketing. Selling yes. books as marketing. Yeah. Right. Exactly.
0: So for most people, a book is a marketing tool that yeah. they can use to market themselves but you don't market yourself by bragging about yourself or telling your story because no one gives a damn about your story. <laughs> what they care about is how you can help them, right? They care about themselves. And so if you write a book that's super helpful to them, then the game changes, right? And they're like, oh, like, you know, I, how many people read your first book, Bob? And were like, oh, wow, I had no idea affiliate stuff worked so well. I had no idea you could do it high class and high status. And I had no idea this would work for my company, I need to go talk to this guy more and maybe hire his company.
1: Yeah, I, I tell a lot of people, I we know, did not make million dollars selling the book, but I can attribute to millions of dollars in revenue.
0: Exactly. That's the whole point. <laughs> it is the best advertisement you can have, especially if you're a knowledge worker, if what you're selling are your ideas uh, or your implementation of ideas. That's actually the best. Like my company, we don't sell ideas. We don't sell information. We implement it. Like we help people write, publish, and market their book. We give away, So we give away all of the info about like how to, we wrote a book called Describe Method, which is exactly how to use our method. It's 500 pages. It's, <laughs> it couldn't. It's basically the manual for the people who work with us at our company. And so anyone can use it. And what happens is people like you uh, read the book, see it, or they don't even read the whole thing because they'll just flip to like open a chapter. And they go,
1: I don't want to do, I don't want to do all this,
0: right? And they'll really well, they open a chapter. And they realize, okay, these people know what they're talking about. They're really smart and have no desire to do this. So I'm going to hire them.
1: Well, this is Pete Vargas's done for you, done with you, right? And people making that decision of, okay, I understand what needs to be done, but I don't have the time or energy to to do all that. Yep. So. Getting back to where we started, I think there are a lot of people who believe that they have to go on and they put this pressure of going off into the cabin to write their book and coming back with a book, which is almost how no one writes a book. So No one. No yes. one does that. <laughs> so how? So the biggest problem with the book, I think we agree on this, is people can't start, right? Yeah. They don't start. So how, how would you recommend in these situations people get started?
0: So I would actually begin with where we just were. You actually need to begin with mindset. So why are you writing the book? And get clear on that, okay? And then, actually, before you even start asking these questions, everything most people know about books and writing is what they've heard from professional writers, which are the complete wrong people to listen to if you just wanna author a few books to help you in your business. We make this distinction with people, and they're like, oh, and that makes total sense to them, and they get it. They're like, of course, I'm not Malcolm Gladwell. I own a plumbing supply company. I need to think about my book totally differently than he would. Then once they get that, then there's three questions. Why do you want to write a book? Well, you know, What do you want to get out of it? Who do you have to reach with your book in order to get that? So, you know, like who, who's your audience? And then why is that audience going to care? Which is the idea, right? And so okay. once you can answer those three in a way that makes total sense, you've got an amazing book that will help people
1: and bring those people to you For business or other things. Make sense? Makes sense. So I've answered those questions. Now now I find you. So I know know you have a course that you've actually opened up during this time. So you want to tell a little bit about that?
0: Right. So let's talk about the coronavirus stuff. So uh, uh, when coronavirus hit, we were planning to, you know, we already wrote the book and we were planning to do a video course on this because a lot of our competitors are kind of down market companies that sell information. Like they have like, the how-to courses. Yeah. And they're, they're nowhere near as good as ours, but they sell the courses. And I've always hated that idea because I've always felt like everyone should have access to the information they need to write the book. You've got to pay for services, right? But the info should be free. So we were, we were going to record this and make it a, a course and give it away free as, you know, because like if I can give away some of my competitors' product for free as Legion, I'm going to crush <laughs> them, right? And so that was the plan this fall. And then coronavirus hit and like uh, sales went down for us like 50% or whatever. And it was like, okay, we got about four or five people have nothing to do. Let's go all in on this. And so we set up within a week, a whole live training. We spent an entire week teaching the book and everything in it and then spun up the whole website. And so if you go to scribebookschool.com, you'll see we're doing another live training next week as well, a follow-up to it. And, uh, uh you sign up on Scribe book School. You can get access to the course right now, the old, like the one that we did last month. It's all there with all of our blog posts, all the templates we use with our authors. It's literally the entire set of materials that we use with our authors paying us a ton of money. Uh, and then you can go through it self-guided uh, or you can wait for the live training and go through it live with me next week, uh, like April 20. If you're listening to this later, it's April 28, 29. So like it may be passed. And will there be a link of that or the replay on that or no? Yeah. So it's all going to go on the the book school page. So it's like the entire, all those recordings will be there uh, parsed out. So it's step by step, everything you need. And how long should it take most people to write their book? It depends how much time you spend on it. Uh, If you're spending an hour a day, it should take you about a year. And that's like total, that's writing, editing, and publishing. About an hour a day. If you spend two hours a day, it doesn't have the time, unfortunately. You spend two hours a day, it takes you maybe nine months-ish. And what i found is more than two hours a day a lot of times for a normal regular person who has a job doesn't usually add speed. It usually gets them confused, (laughs) honestly. Because beyond that point, they start to spin in circles and they start to – they don't know how to, how to be a professional. Beyond two hours, that's professional writer territory. And so you have to know how to be a professional at the job. Whereas if you're just carving out an hour a day and just getting down two, three, 400, 500 words a day and then editing a little bit a day, that's actually better for most people because it keeps you contained and it gets you out of your own way.
1: Yeah. I, this I can't stress enough. You were talking about the difference between professional writers. I, I think the reason why most people stall on their book is this belief that you, you disappear into the Mark Twain cabin and you come out three months later with a book. And I, I don't think people have the time or the skill or know how to do that.
0: It's not, and Mark Twain didn't even do that. <laughs> no one does that. That's nonsense but it is the, don't you think that that's what it's a hundred percent the the illusion? Yes. Because (laughs) you think about everyone who's told you about writing are all writers who want to make it seem like they live this fancy, amazing life and they don't, it's just bullshit.
1: Yeah. So, you know, we are talking about sort of contrarian, how would you help a business or a person think about now my business is down 50%. I just got laid off. Like, why is this a good time to write a book?
0: Well, okay. So let's be real clear. If you're having trouble putting food on the table, I would not focus on a book right now. A book is f- a little further up the, the yeah. Maslow's Pyramid than, than uh, you know, food, shelter, job, security, stuff like that. So if you're really struggling, put your book aside. If you, you've got a little bit of stability right now and you're, you're, the mindset is, I want to try and do something now to put me in a really good position to succeed later, then a book is fantastic because look the reality is we're moving into a world and i think i've been saying this for years and a lot of people look at me like i'm crazy (laughs) now people are like wow you've been right the whole time i was like i told you guys we're moving into a world where i think all high level professionals have to have media of their own yeah and not like oh yeah i worked for this company so that makes me fancy that's bullshit No one cares. What they want to know is can you personally do the job they want to hire you for, whether it's within the context of a company that you're working for or you're running or owning or as an independent professional, which you should have a company anyway, even if it's a small company, right? They want to know, can you do the job? And it used to be enough to have like a Harvard degree or have Google on your resume or whatever. That world is, it was disappearing already and is now rapidly, rapidly disappearing, if not already gone. And now you've got to show proof. And if you have a book, it is not the only way to show proof, but it's one of the very best ways to have proof of work and to draw the people to you that you want to work with you. I don't know of anything better. Podcasts work great. You know, YouTube channel, all these other things a little bit harder or give different sorts of validation and credibility. A book is like, it's like having an Ivy League degree, especially if it's good because then people are going to read it. If it's bad, if you're going to write a bad book, I would say, no, don't write the book. But if you're going to write a good book or a great book, I would say totally write it. Not everyone will read it, but the 50, 30% of people who buy it who do read it, that's gonna determine what they think about you and it's gonna absolutely change the game for you.
1: Hey, Elevate listeners, whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify is the partner you need to keep the cash register ringing for your e-commerce business. (coughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading platforms. I advise a lot of companies in the e-commerce space, and almost all of them have migrated to Shopify. And as a buyer, what I love about buying from Shopify-enabled sites is that they already know who I am, and I don't have to create a new account or enter all my payment info. The Pay service makes it faster and easier to buy, which surely helps with conversions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash elevate, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash elevate now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash elevate. I do remember you saying this years ago, They've become the new PhD and I agree with you. There's also, Dan Bell's written about this a little bit, but uh, I mean, personal brand has become really important for leaders right? I
0: like the term professional brand only because I'll I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Personal brand, people think about Paris Hilton or uh, Kim Kardashian or they think celebrities, right? Celebrities need personal brands. If you're like a professional, all you need is like your work brand. And it doesn't mean be fake. You can be totally authentic with your work brand. But I just mean like when I'm, if I, uh, Bob, if I were to hire you, I'm not going to hire you because I'm on your, I'm watching your TikTok videos with your family, you know, probably (laughs) not. Like I'm going to hire you because I've read your book and I, you know, and maybe I'm on your email list and I heard a podcast or I saw some of your LinkedIn pieces because you're sharing your knowledge with me and it makes me believe in you. So
1: I think of it more as professional brand. It's almost your personal professional brand, right?
0: Yeah, right. Seriously, right. It like, But a professional brand meaning like you can put a lot of your personal into that if you yeah. want. And it works well for some people. But some people freak out about that. Like, I don't want to talk about my family. It's like, you don't have to. Yeah. Tell me what you can do at your job. And if you can, if you can prove it to me through the media you create, and I mean, whether it's audio, video, books, text, whatever, then I'm going to hire you.
1: So the people who still aren't sold, I I can guess the one reason, but give me the top few reasons you hear, the excuses you hear for why people aren't, aren't writing their book.
0: Well, the time is always a big one. Yeah. I don't know what to do with it. I'm afraid it's going to be bad. Like once you start getting into fear, most people, once you boil it down and I I don't use the word excuse necessarily as a pejorative, although they are excuses. You're right. People, most people are afraid. They're deeply afraid to write their book. And what they're afraid of is judgment. They're afraid of saying or doing something that someone else will judge them about. And I get it. God, if anyone knows what it's like to be judged at scale, it's me. <laughs> it's not fun. But uh, um, that's the thing that, that like, like when we have people in our, our program, that's probably the number one thing we have to work with on people.
1: Not the book. Books are easy. Are they worried that their story doesn't matter or that people will judge them for their story?
0: So it, it, if they're writing a memoir, then, then it's about their story. If they're writing a sort of a more of a nonfiction book and you can tell parts of your story, in nonfiction. like you've told some of your stories in your books and they work yeah. great, but it, you're telling your story in service of teaching the reader something they want, yeah. right? Uh, which is a very important distinction. But uh, the thing with this is I think people they're afraid they're going to be judged, right? And so they say things like, What if, uh, you know, I get something wrong? What if it's not good? What if people think I'm stupid? What if, uh, and it can be around their story, but it depends on how much of their story that they're putting in their book or they're imagining in their book. For a memoir, definitely, because that's like their life. But that's the thing even with a nonfiction book is a lot of people transmute their identity onto that book. And it's an unconscious thing. They're like, if this book is good, it means I'm a good person. If this book gets celebrated, it means I was worthy. If it doesn't, it means I'm not, right? Yeah. And so we literally have to, in our process, uh, have discussions about identity and have discussions about like the stories the authors are telling themselves about what the book means to them. Because, dude, Dan, you are uh, Rob. You would not believe, how, like I said, Dan, because one of the guys I'm thinking yeah. about is named Dan. <laughs> no, seriously. Like I'm thinking about about. There's about a dozen people we have. We, we won't expose him, but yeah. Yeah, you you. I think you might know who he is, uh, who have their books. They've paid, totally paid us. The books are done and good, and they refuse to proverbially press publish. Like to the point where I swear to God, a couple of them have changed their phone numbers and like got new email addresses because they're so afraid of releasing the book and they're so embarrassed and ashamed of themselves that like, they won't even talk to us anymore.
1: They've totally ghosted. Well, what's interesting, right, is, is thinking about the opposite. Right? I know you guys have helped. And even your CEO, JT, he wrote a book that he never thought anyone beyond his kids would see, right? It really was, It really was for them. And it's turned out to just be a book that really has helped a lot of other people. And he's told his story.
0: Yep, exactly. Yeah, no, it's been amazing. His is much more memoir. It's almost all memoir. And his book is, I mean, it has hundreds of reviews on Amazon and people love it. And they, like, it's crazy how many people have been impacted by it. He didn't believe it would happen. I told him it would. I knew it would. Here's the thing about memoir. If you stand up and you speak your truth, really, truly speak your whole honest truth, the world is going to stop and watch and listen. Because no one tells the truth. It's Philip McKernan, sponsor of that segment. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, we're doing our, a memoir. We have a memoir workshop now that we do with McKernan. He's like my our partner on
1: it. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. He's the best at it. I actually didn't realize how much psychology goes into this in the beginning of this because it occurs to me there's probably two main points, right? There's the up and coming business leader and company who wants to sort of cement their platform, right? And then mm-hmm. there's the person who wants, who's riding off into the sunset, who's trying to, you know, have validity that... that They want to know their life meant something. Yeah, exactly. Legacy.
0: Yeah. Yep, exactly. No, dude, you're 100% right. And people, it, they attach their
1: identity to the book. Well, they attach their identity to companies. This is the same problem. With oh, the, 100%. Uh, oh,
0: yeah. it's the exact same thing. <laughs> no, it, the people who who see the book as a project they're doing, they tend to not have deep emotional issues with the book and problems. Okay. The ones who think, oh, God, if the book is bad, it means I'm bad. A lot of them just stall and won't, they will not go forward. So do you
1: have a psychologist on staff? <laughs> <laughs> McKernan, basically. <laughs> Philip McKernan is. Uh... All right. So... um this is all helpful. We'll include all the links uh, to the Scribe Book School. How else can people learn about how you can help and what you guys can do? Uh, just go to Scribe Book School. Is,
0: is That's the free stuff uh, where you can kind of see everything we do. Like I, I eat my own dog food, right? I was saying you got to share your process and your method, and your knowledge. You can go see everything uh, that we use and what it's like to work with us. And then the, the higher end services, like uh, we, editing, publishing, interviewing, all that stuff starts at about 15,000 and goes up to 100 plus. That's on scribewriting.com.
1: All right, great. Well, thank you for joining us. I think we've got all the excuses on the table. So if people are, are listening, they can decide whether they're going to do this or not do this. And um, Tucker's got lots of articles, uh, more content on this. You can listen to our, our previous podcast too. But if you've been wanting to write that book, It does seem like a a pretty good time right now. So it's Tucker. Thanks for for coming back and sharing that with us. Thanks for having me, man. All right. To our listeners, thanks for tuning in to the Elevate podcast today. We'll include links to Tucker and his work on the detailed episode page at robertglazer.com. Thanks again for your support. Until next time, keep elevating.